0: All right, all right, here we go. This is the NBA podcast for R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. I'm your host, Sleepy J, joined by NBA professional better Mackenzie Rivers. Mackenzie and I are going to go ahead. We're going to preview the NBA Saturday card for you. Our original host, Munaf, he ended up taking off going to some kind of wedding. Mac, curious if you can put a line out. What are the odds that Munaf goes home with a bridesmaid tonight? Ooh, well he is a married man. I have seven
1: female wives. Go to my Instagram. So that complicates things. It doesn't eliminate any possibilities. Munaf would be the first to say that everything is always on the table. Uh, but I would say it's uh, it's five to one plus five hundred. Ah, uh,
0: see, I was thinking if he went up and he was like, you know, I do a podcast with Sleepy J.
1: I mean it would be a good st- start, yeah.
0: Take me out yeah, the I figured maybe it might even be like, you know, minus one ten at that point. <laughs> So he's going to end up being out for tonight. So Mackenzie and I, we're going to go ahead and fill in. I think that that's one of the great things about our podcast, that we have a three-man crew that, you know, if somebody has something to do and things going on in life, they can go ahead and they can take a night off and the rest of the team will pick it up. So, Mac, let's go ahead. Let's start out the podcast here. And let's talk a little bit about our agreed-upon player prop that we had on Friday night that involved Ben Simmons. Manoff actually gave this out. He hit us up in our chat and we started talking about it. And we ended up falling on Ben Simmons over rebounds and assists at 12 and a half. No problem there. Absolutely crushed it. Had 10 rebounds, 8 assists. Ben Simmons actually looked quite good. I'm curious because we talked a little bit about him in our first podcast. Now after a second game, although Brooklyn's 0-2 there, Mac, I think that you probably see some encouraging signs from the Nets overall. But what do you think about Ben Simmons right now?
1: They're 0-2 straight up, 2-0 ATS. That is very difficult in the modern NBA where it seems like every game is decided by a 15-point, 15 15 0 run at the end, game of runs. But, hey, uh, count it, the backers. You think they're going to beat expectations. They've done it twice in a row now. I've been pessimistic on the Nets. I just don't see a lot of high-end talent, and that's where Ben Simmons becomes very interesting because he was an all-NBA player back in the day. He was a guy that could have the ball in his hands for 40 minutes a game and uh make things happen. And I think he's taken a step back athletically. Uh I think maybe not even athletically just m- mentality-wise. People are not scared of him trying to score anymore and he's kind of been affected by that where he kind of shrinks uh when scoring opportunities present themselves, definitely more than most and definitely more than he used to. But it's got to be more it's got to be encouraging. I mean, this is a guy that was relegated to the bench last February. Uh, But we talked about it when he was starting, and the last two games that he has started, he's been a uh, very—I mean, for props purposes—a guy that's going to get you twelve and a half rebounds and assists for sure. Uh, He's now averaging thirteen and a half through his through starts last two seasons. That was a bad number. I'm glad we took advantage of it. In as we predicted, a high high scoring up and down game.
0: My feeling with Ben Simmons is that there's probably going to be a moment, Mac where he wins a game because he's a scorer. Maybe he makes a layup. Maybe it's a free throw. I don't know what it might be. Maybe it's a three-point shot. Probably not. But I think at some point he's going to pick up the scoring, and it's going to affect the outcome of the game. And He's going to realize, like, yeah, I could affect the outcome with my rebounding, my assisting, my defense, but now I could do it also scoring. And I think, like you were talking about with the mentor hurdle, I think that that's the one thing. Like, he needs to go ahead and have his point-making – be a difference and I think once that happens he's gonna actually be okay I like what I've seen so far I watched pretty much that entire Brooklyn game tonight like I said 32 minutes 10 rebounds eight assists he looked pretty good so we'll see I'm not gonna say the jury's still out I man we know that Ben Simmons has talent but hopefully he can go ahead and get over those mental hurdles and all that back issue stuff that he had going on Mac I want to go ahead I want to stay with the Friday card before we go ahead and jump into Saturday why don't you give me two things that you pulled out of the Friday night's card that we could probably go ahead and stick in our pockets
1: I'd be remiss to sound like a broken record, but the last two years, I've been talking about these runs in the NBA and how they're unlike anything that any model has seen before. The Bulls-Raptors game is Exhibit A, and it's a game of runs. Game starts off, Bulls team-only meeting, game one, they're pissed, they're ready to go, they're back in the United Center, they're not trying to go 0-2. They get off to a terrible start. They're down 16 to 2 within minutes. You might think they would quit right there. And they'll quit several other times in the game, but not right there. They did not quit. They go up by t- 19 actually in the second quarter. They go on a, it's a complete reversal. They go from down 14 to up 19. We're still in the first half, but it's not over cuz the rest of the game up until the fourth quarter it was all Raptors. They have a 99.8% chance to win. Again, these models are outdated and don't understand uh how these, you know, how these teams come back. 98 eight, 99.8% chance 4 minutes to go. They don't. They lose in overtime. There's tons of things that happen in the final 10 seconds of regulation and overtime with the win probability, win probability swinging up and forth, but that tends to happen all the time. But if you would have turned this on, flipped this game on with Five minutes into the game, you'd be like, oh, Bulls suck. Turn it off, and that, that would have been your opinion. you turn it off with 15 minutes, and you'd be like, wow, the Raptors are terrible. They're down by 19 to this Bulls team, and so on and so forth. The lesson is you can lose by 19 and be a good team, even when you're playing a bad team. It's just the way the pendulum swings, it just might not be in your favor for a given game. Another game, I'll talk about it quickly, the Oklahoma City Thunder, they're 2-0. Everything's swimming. They're perfect, right? If you would have flipped on the game with a minute, 39 to go they're down nine to the Cavs. you would think all right well you can't win them all they can't win this one on the road they score the next 14 points of the game end up winning this game relatively easily i mean they didn't have the Cavs didn't a shot to win it at any point in the game uh in the final seconds i think it's an important lesson and i know i might have harped on it one or two other times but uh the quick reaction to the scoreboard in game post game it's less helpful than looking at it from a larger point of view, more possessions, more data. Um, that's how, that's how you judge these teams.
0: All right. Well, the one game that I do want to talk about a, a little bit is the Brooklyn game and they went ahead and they played Dallas and, you know, Mac when we were talking a little bit in the beginning of our first podcast there, we were talking about a couple teams there uh, that were like a little overreaction type of thing. And Dallas went out, they won their first game. That was a tough, gritty win. They win their second game here against Brooklyn, tough, gritty win. Luca goes out, has 49 points. We screwed up, right? Or I screwed up because Luca was going to be the other guy that I took in our Friday Five contest. Oh, yeah. I ended up switching him out for Cade Cunningham, which didn't turn out to be good. So Luca went wild, but I do have serious concerns for Dallas. Like, they are going to need to ride Luca all year long. You're going to have to get games like this from him all season long. If Luca goes down or if Luca has some cold games, they're not going to win those games because they simply don't have a, a good enough defense, at least from what I've seen. And I guess another game that I'll talk about here, and it's a little bit of a concern here for the Atlanta Hawks, now 0-2, home loss to the New York Knicks. And I thought that Atlanta would actually go ahead and pull out a win after coming off of a loss, but that's not the case. Uh, I do worry about that team as well. So those are like two teams I worry about, one team that hasn't won a game, and then another team that's won both games. But I still have worries for both of those ball clubs. They didn't really take anything significant out there, Mac, as of yet. Like one of the things that I like to do, is go through the box score and go through and check the play-by-play, check all all the team stats, see what the players did, and start to really dig in at this point because I feel like next week I'll be a whole hell of a lot more sharper with what's going on, what the rotations are like, what these coaches are trying to do. So uh, I didn't get that far, but those are the two things that I pulled out for Friday night. Let's go ahead, Mac, and let's jump into Saturday. And I do want to start out here with – A little bit of a future wager here, Mac. But before we do that, we'll play NBA Jeopardy. So this is going to be the quick version of NBA Jeopardy. I'm going to ask Mac to go ahead and try to guess my MVP pick.
1: Hmm. Huh. That is a difficult Jeopardy question. That is definitely a difficult Jeopardy question. What is a Jason Tatum?
0: You would be wrong, sir. You would be wrong. I gave you a very, very solid chance to screw this entire thing up and actually guess it, because if you guessed it right, you were going to screw up my whole thing. But you did not guess the guy. And what I wanted here, Mac, was I wanted a good player on a good team with great odds. And I have that here. What I don't have is the potential ceiling for the player that I'm going to go ahead and bet on. And at 60-1, to Zion Williamson... Hasn't shown yet his ceiling. Are you surprised, Mac, that I picked Zion Williamson? I'm going to guess no. Now that you uh, now that you told me the odds, no,
1: I'm not surprised. That is very a sleepy Jay, under the radar, uh, needle in a haystack type pick. I, I could see that.
0: Well, I thought maybe you would actually like that one a little bit. And you and I both know that he's a good basketball player. Like We know that. But how good can he be when he gets to the apex of his game and he just maintains that? I would venture to say he probably could be somewhere in the area of 28, 29 points per game, maybe nine rebounds a game, five assists, maybe a steal, maybe a block or two, a dominant defensive player, and a guy that actually helps his team win a lot of games. Like that's the apex, I think, for Zion Williamson. And the stats, I think that they'll be there. And I think the highlights you know, that you would typically see with an MV player, they'll certainly be there as well. I think the mystery here is, Will Zion actually be there for a full season? Something tells me, yes, just have this weird gut feeling that this is the season that he's going to play the most games in his career. And the current max games for his season is at 62. And I think he plays more than that. And in order for you to even win this award, you need to play 65 games just to be eligible for the MVP award. And I think that that there will be a few guys here, Mac, that will be deserving of this award that are going to end up getting injured. And I think when that happens, it's going to knock them out of that MVP race. And I think it's going to give some of the longer shot MVP wagers a little bit of a better chance. I suspect that the odds makers are probably going to make a little bit of an adjustment at some point, Mac. I think the Pelicans have to go ahead and cash in on their investment with Zion. And that starts with not putting him on the shelf with every little nick and bruise that he gets. I think we see Zion play big boy basketball. You know, he has a a pretty nasty combination of strength and speed. Nobody can stop that. And I think if he actually, you know, is truly destined for basketball greatness, he puts that on display this season. And a 60-1 to MVP ticket with everything that I said is certainly worth having. So there's my MVP pick there, Max. 60-1 to Zion Williamson. Not sure if you like it, dislike it, on the fence with it, but that's what I got.
1: I like it a lot. I think it's... You got to be able to see what's not there yet, but is totally possible. And Zion Williamson, if you would have closed your eyes after January 1st last year, and then you would have woken up and watched the fourth quarter of game one, you'd be like, yeah, this is exactly the ascendant number one pick that we thought this is the most exciting prospect since Anthony Davis for a reason. Uh, And then he got hurt and then he got reports and (laughs) people wanted him. Maybe not the most uh, prestigious people in our society, and I will not make judgments on why that is and why what should be. Uh, had certain assertions about Zion and him not uh, necessarily or encouraging him to do more to be ready to play NBA basketball 365 days a year, or 265, however many is necessary. So yeah, but let's talk about the talent and just forget about the last 365 days for a second. All that went and all that transpired. You look at points per minute. You talk about a guy that is not be able to be stopped—speed, and size, and skill, and athleticism—that cannot be stopped. Well, there was only a couple of guys in his class when you're talking about points per minute as an NBA basketball player. One is Joel Embiid. He's a guy that scores 30 points a game and only plays 30 minutes. He draws a bunch of fouls. He can't really be out there much longer than that with his size. But all right, Joel Embiid points per minute is an all-time great so far in his career. Zion Williamson is right there. The other guy is Michael Jordan. Talk about speed and size and skill and athleticism that people can't contend with. That's the company that Zion Williamson keeps. I know it's been very pessimistic in New Orleans, but I definitely think he has the ability to do it. And I'll also say this last thing. If I'm the New Orleans Pelicans, year one, year two, maybe even year three, I'm kind of worried about pushing too hard, asking too much rubbing him the wrong way. At this point in their relationship as a franchise and star player, if I push him too much and he doesn't want to play, or if he gets hurt, good. <laughs> I found I've, I, I I at least can rip the Band-Aid off at that point and trade him for parts and, and move on with my life. But I got to see if it works first. I got to push it all in first. I, I could easily see it being this year. He looked like the man in game one.
0: And I'm right there with you. And that's why I was saying this team needs to cash in on their investment. And I love what you were just saying there. Push him. Find out who he is and what he is, and then we can make a decision if this guy's long for our franchise or maybe get something back. So, Mac, you didn't give your MVP pick out, but we're running a little bit short on time. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to save it. So you can give it out on the next podcast that we do on Thursday. So think about it a little bit more. That I can do. That I can do. All right, so here's what we're going to do, Mac. You're going to go ahead. You're going to pick one of the games for Saturday, and then I'll pick one of the games for Saturday. What's the game you're going to take a look at here for Saturday?
1: So let's go to the team we were just talking about, the New Orleans Pelicans versus a team that kind of hurt my feelings on Friday, beating uh, the Hawks. And uh, you talk about a team that you're disappointed in. Yes, I invested heavily in the Hawks being better than expectations this year. An 0-2 start uh, is definitely not what I wanted. There was eight different opportunities for the Atlanta Hawks to tie or take the lead in the fourth quarter, they were down by two or they were down by one and they had the ball. They went over eight on those trips. Maybe that's just bad variance. I also think the Knicks kind of have that look about them. Uh, it didn't make any sense last year that they were a top 18 by scoring margin, that they beat the Cavs in the playoffs. But, hey, I remember being 20 years old and thinking Tom Thibodeau can do no wrong and just put Derek Rose out there and he'll figure out the defense and, and we were going to win the championship. So he's had, you know, better moments where people thought higher of him in his esteem. Uh, like when he won, he won the coach of the year a couple of years ago. But I talk about the runs in the NBA. It could be the same thing said about coaches, what players they get, what talent they get, how it fits together. I think if you take the large view of Tom Thibodeau's career, he's elite. He's, Larry Brown. I mean, he's a guy that gets the most out of his guys. And as disappointed as I was that the Hawks are going to start 0-2, I got to give credit to the Knicks. They locked up when they needed to, and they made all the big plays down the stretch. They looked like the better coached, more organized, and the team that wanted it more. Now they're on a back-to-back. So maybe back-to-back doesn't mean so much in the beginning of the season, although the data says it affects you similarly. And they're off their first win of this season, they're facing a Pelicans team off their only win, only game of the season, who are fully rested. Uh it's a fascinating matchup. So we look at the line, and considering that the Knicks are off a back-to-back, usually a two-point disadvantage, this is saying the Knicks are slightly better than the Pelicans, but the Pelicans have home court advantage and the rest advantage. That's why they're probably moving up to three and a half. I can't I can't say I love a side in this game. I still think the Knicks Uh, are doing it with like pixie dust and I expect them to lose a lot of these tight matchups against good teams. Uh, But I'm more excited to watch it. Zion Williamson versus a really uh, veteran multifaceted Knicks defense. I want to see point Zion against Julius Randle in the half court and in the the transition. Um, Don't have too strong of a pick on this. Sorry about that guys, but I just think this is the game of the day and something that I'm going to be tuned in heavily to.
0: Yeah. I would like the Pelicans in this one there, Mac. You have, The New York Knicks coming off of a nice road win, and now it's a back-to-back roadie. And you have the Pelicans who won their first game, but this is their home opener. So this line at like 3-3.5, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, I could easily see the Pelicans covering this number, probably without a doubt. The game I'm going to go to here, Mac, and I would recommend that if you guys are listening to this and you can find a line of 3.5 on the Philadelphia 76ers, bet that now. I think that's going to be the best number that you will have to lay with this team as they take on the Toronto Raptors. We know what Toronto did on Friday. They had an overtime game against Chicago, and they came up short. Toronto already has a win. They opened opened up the season with a nice win, but Philly opened with a loss, a tough loss against the Milwaukee Bucks who went out there and let Dame Lillard run wild all over me and all over the Philadelphia 76ers. But I think Philly bounces back here, and I think this number can probably only go up. I do see some minus four and a halfs out there. I do see some minus fives. I see a good amount of minus three and a half here on the Philadelphia 76ers. And one of the issues that Toronto may have in this game is the fact that OG Ananobi went out with either a muscle strain or muscle cramps or some type of muscle contusion. He's a pretty important defensive player and an important starter for this Raptors team. So I'll go ahead. I'll play Philadelphia there. I don't know what you think about Philly there, Mac, but I think getting three and a half is going to be the best number you're going to see in this game.
1: Yeah, I just uh, pulled the curtain back. I just submitted that play to my clients because you're right. It is three and a half in multiple books, and it's not going to close three and a half. Uh, The Raptors just had, like I was describing earlier, a war against Chicago, where neither team was letting go of the rope, despite each team being down twenty, uh at various points. I think some back to backs are worth less, some back to backs are worth more. I think that was a particularly tough game to bounce back from. And the seventy sixers, they're off a loss first game of the season, but considering all the situation, all the uncertainties, uh getting down early in that game, I was pretty impressed uh with Maxie Harris, kind of the ancillary pieces. And I expect Joel Embiid to be a lot better. He generally is a lot better in Toronto has had some big games there. So uh, that is the text that I get for myself when I uh, submit a pick because I'm also a subscriber to myself. Uh, don't ask me about that too too heavily, but uh, the Philadelphia 76ers is a great pick. I'm already on it.
0: All right. Well, I'm happy that you endorsed that one there, Mac. That makes me feel pretty good. You know, what else made me feel pretty good was going ahead and taking the San Antonio Spurs for my best bet. And I don't know if you guys watched that game, but Mac, we talked about this on the Friday pod about Victor Wimbenyama going out there, having all these fouls, all these turnovers. And that was one of the things that we were concerned about. It was game one, under the bright lights, uh, on primetime TV. And he looked like he had some nerves, but it looked like he shook them off tonight. It was a tough game. I mean, they they, literally went down to the last second. So they end up winning by four. They they took out one-offs houston rockets i'm sure he, he that's probably where he's at mac he's probably not at some wedding he's probably watching his team get
1: bopped he, he's re-watching the replay just <laughs> with a single tear not again the season's different they should have called the foul. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, seriously that was a foul. On the <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right so anyway we, we won't bust his chops you got to give him credit to mac he went ahead he knocked out his best bet too. what a
1: start let's go
0: yeah two and for our host that That didn't show up. He's out there uh, schmoozing around wedding parties and stuff like that. But uh, you guys will get him a little bit more next week. You with the bride or the groom?
1: Actually, I went 2-0 in the NBA tonight, so (laughs) I'm with everybody.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, Mac, let's tell some people how to save some money here. If you go to pregame.com, simply enter code NBA50, and you guys can save $50 off any subscription. The NBA season just started. And if you guys have been following Mackenzie Rivers for the last two, three years on any podcast, on any platform, you know that this dude kicks rear end in the NBA. He can get his season package right now. If you guys want $50 off, enter code NBA50. I sell my own NBA stuff, and this is just my personal recommendation. If I had money to spend, I would spend it on Mackenzie. And that's my honest to God truth. Like That's the first guy I would go to for NBA information. So go to pregame.com, enter that code NBA50, $50 off McKenzie's subscription. And if you guys haven't been to pregame.com and you guys are looking for a free pick from myself, from McKenzie, from anybody at pregame.com, go over there, sign up. You'll get a free $25 just for signing up. And you can see what McKenzie has in the NBA, maybe an NFL play, get something from me from college football. So go to pregame.com. Make sure you guys go ahead and sign up over there. So there's our one and only promo there, Mac. It's now time for our best bets. I didn't cue up your best bet music, but I have something special. So you're going to have to listen to this podcast, Mac. If you want to hear your best bet intro, who's your best bet for the Saturday card?
1: Going to go back to a concept I mentioned a minute ago. Not all back-to-backs are the same for these teams. Some take a little bit. Some games... In the first leg of a back to back are particularly cumbersome. I think that applies to the Miami Heat, who were leading for much of the game in the entire first half, essentially, and really had a lot of opportunities to win it down the stretch against their nemesis, at least their rival in this most recent iteration of the Butler bio I mean, they've played each other, Butler bio Heat, they played each other now three times in the Eastern Conference Finals. Nobody believes the Heat will be back there. Everybody thinks the Celtics will be back there. That was a big game for them to show something after, you know, barely beating the Pistons in their first game. They did not. They go down despite shooting 49% from three, 16 from 33. They lose pretty much by the number. I know it closed eight and a half some places, but they lose by eight. They have to circle around, go to Canada, or pretty much Canada, Minnesota, (laughs) Timberwolves. And yeah, that's what I'm saying, that on purpose, get them angry, get them riled up for this game, uh, versus the Timberwolves team who are playing their home opener, fully rested, have a bitter taste in their mouth, against a loss to the Raptors. When you look at it, their loss to the Raptors was probably one of the more impressive losses or least unimpressive losses that you can have. They lose by three, despite being one-point underdogs. Uh, They shoot 34 for 100 in the game. That is a lot of shots to get in regulation, 100 shots. you got to be rebounding really well. They had 62. you got to be taking care of the ball. 100 shots, they make 34 of them. 31 of those were threes. They only made eight. This was one of the best offenses each of the last two years. Anthony Edwards is on the ascension. Mike Connolly was a great addition for them. I'm just going to say that data point was what it was, a bad shooting night in Canada, their first game of the season, and kind of wash it away. Now that they're fully rested, I love this matchup against the Heat. My power rankings making exactly four, giving the Heat the standard two-point disadvantage for being on a back-to-back, but I think this is an even better spot than the historical numbers would indicate. So that's my best bet. Also gave it out to my premium client, so you know at least two of my plays for Saturday. Minnesota Timberwolves minus the four versus the Heat.
0: Don't worry about that code NBA50. Just come to the podcast. Mac will go ahead and he'll give oh. out all his picks for free. <laughs> and I
1: will have in like I don't a million ideas. ideas. And the few good ideas I have, I want everybody to know about
0: them. All right. Well, there you guys go. That's how you go in and get yourself some clients, get yourself some wins under your belt, give out some free stuff, give out some free winners. I'm going to try to give you guys a free winner myself here. And I'm going to go ahead and make my best bet for Saturday. I'm going to go and play two teams that are coming off of a back-to-back. And both of those teams won. And I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to play the Pistons. I'm going to take the two or the three points, whatever they're offering. I have no problem taking a couple points, but I also don't have any problem taking the Pistons on the money line over your Chicago Bulls there, Mackenzie, as we just talked about. We're going to go ahead, we're going to fade a team that was in an overtime game in Toronto. We're going to fade that team that won that game, and we're going to fade Chicago here. I actually think Detroit played a pretty lackluster game tonight against the Charlotte Hornets, and they still came out on top. And why do they come out on top? Well, their bench play. The Pistons bench woke up. They they looked really good. Uh, Burks had 24 points. Ivy had 18. Bagley had 14. You typically don't get those kind of games from those type of players. And some of the starters actually struggled a little bit. So I think the starters wake up. I think the Pistons bench tries to keep pace. I think this is an all-in effort here for Detroit. Mac, the Detroit Pistons get their first win in this dark, dingy Little Caesars Arena, Auburn Palace, whatever they want to call it there. It's dark. It's dingy. I'm going to go ahead and make my best bet. Detroit Pistons, uh, I have no problem taking three, taking two. I have no problem taking them on the money line. I think they win their first game here, home opener, uh, outright. That's where I'm at there, Mac. with my best bet. What do you think?
1: I was very impressed with the Pistons. I watched that almost entire game, uh, having played the Hornets, and it wasn't a fluke. They were incredibly tough. They seem to get every loose ball. Monty Williams and is is doing a great job as their new head coach. And I think I got this part of it wrong. Jaden Ivey, James Wiseman had huge roles with the team last year, and they've pretty much been replaced. Jalen Duran now starts at center, and Ivey played 17 minutes game one, 23 minutes game two. I'm going to be like that. My first reaction was that is going to disrupt the team. There's going to be a lot of uh, doubt and acrimony, and maybe all that's true. But that also is a positive sign for the talent that they are choosing to play more minutes. The fact that they have a rookie center that they're saying, we don't need to waste time with this investment, this um, you know lottery ticket in James Wiseman. We have a guy that we think right now already has the potential to make an impact. Um, so I think I got that part of it wrong, and I, I do like the Pistons here. Uh, again, the bull—not all back-to-backs are the same. The Bulls played a war, a game that they had to win, a game that Alex Caruso got a block game-winning three in the final seconds. Um, you know that adrenaline is gonna is 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 due to let down taking that short trip up to Detroit from Chicago. So yeah, I like good two good picks out of you. I like both of them.
0: All right, well there you go. So I'm not gonna go ahead and endorse both of my picks there. And Mac and I, we have to go and we have to endorse one pick together, and that's our agreed-upon player prop. So we're on a 1-0 run right now with our agreed-upon player prop. If you guys went ahead and cashed in on Ben Simmons tonight, just want to say we're glad you guys were on board with that one. Mac, what are we going to go ahead and what are we going to take for our agreed-upon player prop?
1: All right, for agreed-upon player prop, let's go to a guy that was disappointing in game one and we are betting on a bounce back let's go to jordan Poole over 22 and a half points this is a guy that in the off season after the chris paul trade had happened you could actually bet his over under season long average points at 24 and a half and bet online takes a lot of money from you know various parts of the globe uh that was a real number and i would expect we look back on the season it's going to be closer to 24 and a half than where it is set right now at twenty two and a half. It's actually a cheap twenty two and a half. And I understand the Grizzlies were the third best defense in the league last year. However, it's a lot different team now. A lot of moving parts, and they're off a of back to back. I'm not sure exactly that they're going to have a hundred percent. Uh, their uh, their best effort on the defensive end. So this seems like a light number to me. Wizards fully rested. I feel like they're going to. Uh, they're not going to give up in this game. Even if they get down, they're going to shoot themselves back in it and give themselves a fighting chance. So I feel like it's an overreaction to a bad game one where only scored 18 points. And I like Jordan Poole over 22 and a half.
0: Woo! <laughs> you have to go back to the Washington Wizards getting – you have to go back to the Wizards getting blown out in that game. They give up 143 points. Jordan Poole only played 26 minutes in that game. He shot the ball 18 times, Mac. Six of those from three – didn't make a three, as you just said, had 18 points. So it's like, what, maybe another bucket or two? He's probably going to end up playing probably 30-plus minutes in this game. And the fact that the Grizzlies are coming off of a back-to-back, I think that that will nullify the blowout factor. So he's not going to get sat down. He only played 26 minutes in the last game. So that's not going to happen again. I feel like this number at twenty two and a half is just wrong. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets anywhere near 30 in this game. I think he's going to be leading the leading scorer not only for his team, but for this entire game, and you guys could also bet that as well, and you could probably get some decent plus money on that. So I'm with you there, Mac. Jordan Poole going to end up having a big night. Uh, After we go 2-0 with our agreed-upon player props, you guys can catch me on X at pregame at the pool party with Mackenzie Rivers at Mac and Rivers. You guys know where to find us at Pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck. Enjoy the game.